0: Well, good morning, everyone. My name is JB with Not By Works Ministries. Great to have you along this morning. It is March the 16th, Thursday morning, and we're delighted to be joined by Randy here in just a few moments for another edition of our world uh, world events update. And uh, we, it's been a week uh, since we were last together, last Friday, actually, so six days. And boy, a lot has happened in in those uh, six days. It seems like we say that every week, but certainly the past uh, few days has been quite tumultuous with uh, the uh, banking crisis and all that's going on in the world there. So can't wait to talk to Randy about those items. By the way, uh, we uh, talked about that extensively Uh, on Tuesday night at our Tuesday night prophecy night. If you've not yet watched that video, let me encourage you to go back and check that out. Uh, We spent 90 minutes actually really breaking down all that's going on relative to the coming economic collapse. And we looked at it through the lens of scripture and talked about how uh, the economy will play a a big role in the tribulation period with Babylon and what is end times Babylon. Uh, We looked at uh, really the biblical concept of money. What does the Bible say about money? And then we looked at a number of news items to just sort of uh, try to understand what's happening with this uh, crisis, this latest crisis, the biggest crisis since 2008, and it may actually eclipse that one before it's all said and done. So you can check that out on the videos tab at notbyworks.org. Click on Prophecy Night, and you'll see all seven of our recent uh, weekly Prophecy Nights that listed there. And that's the video. If you'd rather just listen to the audio, uh, the audio is available wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search for the Not by Works Ministries podcast channel. And you'll see it listed there. And we have several others, by the way, that have dropped here just in the last two days. So lots of great material there. I was with David Fiorazzo on the Stand Up for the Truth radio program. Our interview with uh, Biblical Citizens Let's Roll out in San Diego dropped this week uh, and a few others. So uh, check those out if you can. But before we bring Randy on, I want to just take a moment, as I usually do, to turn to the Word of God and sort of take a moment to have a little devotional and let the Word of God uh, encourage our hearts and, and instruct us as we try to make sense of all of these world events that we're uh, facing. And I want to go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. If you've followed our ministry for very long at all, this will be uh, a very familiar verse to you, because uh, 1 John 2, 18, as well as 1 John 4, 3, those two verses serve as the foundation for my uh, two books uh, that uh, I've talked a lot about over the last year. You know, the first one, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1 came out in March of last year so not quite a year ago and this volume 2 came out in October just a few months ago and the the foundation or the proof text if you will for that entire series comes from these two verses 1 John 2:18 and 1 John four three. but I want to look at 1 John 2:18 a little bit closer and and go a little bit further into the context and make some applications this morning so 1 John 2:18 says little children It is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Now, in the New King James, that first reference to the Antichrist is coming is capitalized, referring to the future man of sin uh, that will uh, rule the world in a great satanic tyranny. He will be indwelt by Satan himself. And John includes here in this verse... Mm-hmm. His first century contemporaries, as well as us, because he talks about how we are living in the last hour. John wrote this epistle at the end of the first century, along with first along with second John and Third John, as well as, of course, the book of Revelation, the final book in the New Testament. And so we're dealing here with the early nineties to mid-90s AD of the first century. And he says that this is the last hour, and the last hour, as you've heard me say before, refers to the entire church age, this present church age that so far has lasted 2,000 years, Uh, and it is indeed the final age prior to the coming kingdom when Christ comes back to rule directly once again from the rebuilt temple on the throne over a millennial phase of the kingdom, uh, directly over human beings. And so uh, this in- indeed, if you look at a panoramic view of human history, is the last hour and the last age. And you know, John's audience would have been very familiar with the biblical concept of the Antichrist, uh, because uh, first of all, Jesus talked about it before he was crucified. In fact, just a couple of days before he was crucified on the Mount of Olives, uh, in the Olivet Discourse, Matthew twenty-four, Mark thirteen, uh, and of course, his readers uh, by the end of the first century, especially Jewish believers, would have been very familiar with Daniel's prophecy. And in Daniel chapter eleven, verses thirty-six to forty-five, uh, Daniel gives us a lot of detail about this future Antichrist. And not only that, but as I mentioned, you know, we're in the John is writing this in the mid. To early to mid 90s AD. Well, some you know 40 years earlier, Paul had written First and Second Thessalonians. And Second Thessalonians, uh, he chapter two deals a lot with the future Antichrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, f- after 40 years, that letter would have been widely circulated, widely copied by scribes, and undoubtedly many of the people that John was addressing here would have been familiar with Paul's uh, teaching. But the key that John is the key point that John is making here is that even though you know one antichrist is coming, and the implication here is we all know that the Old and New Testaments alike teach us that. But we also need to focus on the many antichrists who have come, and that's what really caught my attention as I was reading this again this morning. Is we focus so much, and certainly I have in all of the teaching that I've done over the last year on that future antichrist and things that will be taking place on the earth in connection with the end times uh, following the rapture. But we might have really been guilty of not focusing as much on, uh, the antichrists that are already among us. You know, it's first John four, three that I mentioned a moment ago, the other foundational verse for my spirit of the antichrist series tells us that the spirit of the antichrist is already at work. And, um, That's true, and we've, you know, I've written two books about the manifestations of that spirit, but what about the people themselves? What about the antichrists, little a, uh, that are already running to and fro, exalting themselves uh, above God and trying to uh, do uh, evil things? He goes on in verse 19 to say, they, these antichrists, went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were with us. In other words, some false teachers had evidently been members of the local assembly, the local house churches, uh, but they eventually uh, showed themselves to be not like-minded. They began promoting false teaching and false doctrines, and they left them. And uh, we know, I think, from the context here that he's referring generally to unbelievers, although it is also possible for true believers to depart from the faith, and I've talked about this elsewhere, certainly not uh, normal, not healthy, um, but perseverance in the faith and perseverance in good works is not inevitable for believers. It is possible to quench the Spirit, to not yield to the Spirit, and to you know, end up living a profligate life. And so uh, that's the reason the Bible warns us so often throughout the New Testament to, you know, to continue to walk with Christ. So John's whole letter, by the way, is challenging believers to stay close to Christ, to abide in Christ. That word abide means to remain in close fellowship with. And it's exactly what Jesus, 60 years earlier in the upper room, the very night that he was betrayed, had cautioned the disciples to do. Is uh, Throughout their lives, they're going to need to stay in close fellowship with Him, because otherwise they'll be susceptible to false teaching and could be led astray. And the same thing goes uh, for us uh, today. But in the context here, he's talking about antichrists, you know, people that had secretly come in. They were uh, promoting all kinds of false doctrine uh, back in that day, such as Gnosticism. Gnostics were those who believed that anything material or physical was sinful, and so therefore they denied that Jesus could, uh, you know, be God's Son. Uh, And they considered uh, him just to be a spirit only. Docetists, another early false teaching about the doctrine of Christ in the early church, taught that Jesus was not truly man, and therefore he couldn't be our Savior. Uh, Another uh, fellow who was a Gnostic, Mm -hmm. Sorinthus, he believed that Jesus was not fully God, but God only came upon him, Uh, for example, at his baptism at the beginning of his ministry. But then he departed from Jesus at His crucifixion. All of those are plainly contrary to the teaching of God's Word, and these all uh, claimed to have special truth from God, special knowledge, but they were false teachers. They were anti-Christ. They were against uh, Christ. And so, you know, what John is talking here is that, you know, the faithful believers need to keep the faith. And uh, he goes on to say, You have an anointing from the Holy One. The anointing there is the Holy Spirit Himself, not some special, uh, you know, uh, endowment from the Holy Spirit, but you have the Holy Spirit yourself, just as Jesus said you would in the upper room after He ascended to heaven. And indeed, on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit came, and now every believer uh, in the present age, the moment he or she places his or her faith in Christ for eternal life, At that moment, the Holy Spirit takes up residence and will never leave us. He is given to us forever. He permanently indwells every believer. He baptizes us into the body of Christ. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. And as Jesus had told John and the other apostles 60 years earlier, it's through the Holy Spirit's ministry that we will be able to understand things. And so John says here, You will know all things. He doesn't mean all in an absolute sense, but all things relative to what he's talking about here. You will be able to discern. False teaching and recognize uh, these, you know, antichrists, uh, as it were. And so he goes on to say, uh, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. And there you have it. You know, we are called as believers to be discerning, to recognize false teaching, to recognize lies. And he gives us a little help at the end of this little section here, verses 22 and 23, he says, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. And to deny the Son, by the way, is to deny the Father. He goes on to say, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So again, that's not saying that if you at any point deny Christ as a believer, somehow you lose your salvation. Uh, Many people, including genuine Christians throughout the last 2,000 years, have denied Christ in order to avoid martyrdom, for example, or in a weak moment, or because they just became bitter and got out of fellowship with the Lord. So, you know, hanging on to Christ until we die is not a prerequisite for heaven. The only prerequisite for heaven is to believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again from for our sins. And Jesus plainly tells us again and again throughout John's gospel, same author that we're dealing with here, the apostle John, that the moment you believe in him at that precise moment, you pass from death to life and shall never come into judgment, quote unquote. So he's not saying here that a single instance of denying the faith somehow undoes what Jesus gave you and promised you at the moment you believed. What he's saying here is these are people who have never accepted Christ. They've never recognized who Jesus is as the Son of God and our Savior. They've denied Him, and characteristically, uh, that it makes them an antichrist, little a. And so, uh, before we turn to Randy, I just wanted to remind you that Uh, You know, as John goes on to say, by the way, in chapter 4, that we really need to uh, test the spirits, because many false prophets—that's the term he uses in 1 John 4.1, same idea, little a antichrists—have gone out into the world, and we need to be more discerning and be willing to stand up and speak out against those who are blaspheming, maligning, uh, criticizing uh, the truth of God's Word— and teaching blatant false doctrine. And, you know, uh, we've, as I've mentioned in recent interviews, uh, we've experienced, uh, you know, some uh, increased spiritual warfare, I think, really since... Uh, the beginning of the new year as the the Lord has given us more opportunities to uh, share the truths that we talk about in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2, exposing Satan's lies, exposing the Luciferian agenda, and most importantly, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message. And as we do that, we see the heat being turned up. We see unjustified criticisms and attacks, personal attacks against me and my family. Uh, You know, we've, uh, we've gotten Uh, emails and phone calls and voicemails. Uh, and you know it's it's exciting in a way because it just means uh, you know when you're taking some flack it means you're right where the the battle is 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 going on and and we don't want to be set aside we don't want to be benched i want to be in the game i want to be out there you know running plays and doing battle and trying to you know wage this spiritual warfare that uh, we we see talked about in Ephesians 6 so uh in a way it's 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 exciting to be taking some flack but at the, the same time it's uh it's just a reminder that we need to really uh, embrace the Word of God and especially this admonition in 1 John about recognizing antichrists and false uh, prophets because uh, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to wor- get worse the closer we get to the return of the Lord. So with that little word of encouragement and and sort of <laughs> exhortation to just stay in the Word of God, run everything you hear through the grid of Scripture. You know, someone uh, recently uh, came up to me after I spoke and was quite uh, in disagreement with something I had said about uh, you know the Luciferian agenda and uh, was quite adamant about it. And all I can say to, to, to say to them is, look, don't believe it just because I said it, but look at the data yourself. you know, look at the facts, do the research. I've got over a hundred pages of bibliographic citations, which at roughly twenty five to thirty citations per page, uh, you're dealing with easily two to three thousand uh, references. Uh, So you can do your own research. I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm just trying to put the truth out. Not perfect, could be wrong, but uh, it certainly uh, in this particular case was something that is well attested and well documented. But this person didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to. They were so Uh, The cognitive dissonance was so powerful that they simply would not listen uh, to the facts of the matter. So uh, it's going to get more and more important the closer we get to the rapture for believers to be able to think critically. Uh, The Bible is our one and only standard for truth, uh, but everything else we hear, including anything I say, needs to be validated or invalidated by the truth of God's Word. So uh, we've got lots that we need to validate or invalidate uh, here as I bring on Randy. Randy, great to, to have you. Can't wait to hear uh, this week's World Events Update. How you been?
1: Uh, I, I've been fine. That's awful positive for what I have to say. So keep that positive attitude throughout this whole um, message or podcast. Amen. Uh, all right. First off, my friends that I talk to in the military, security and everything else, are anticipating a cyber attack or an EMP attack within the next 60 days. Therefore, I'm gonna give you some information today. I want you to write down and keep it, and we'll go through this more in the coming weeks. But if an emergency arises, power is out, the internet is out, radios and telephones are out, I'm going to try to be able to broadcast on the ham radio frequencies and those frequencies are 447.975, 145.4900. Now, we have repeaters very close to where I live, and I can also access satellites if I have to. Uh, that, of course, being if the satellites are still there. If they're not, well, we did what we could. Now, my email is R, M is in Mary, E is in Edward, N is in Nancy, S is in Sam. Is in adam57 at aol.com. People have questions all of the time and they can feel free to contact me whenever they want to.
0: Go ahead. And let, let's repeat the, that frequency again. I know uh, uh, this is you know, helpful information for folks to jot down as well as your email uh, because again, we're not suggesting that uh, these people uh, that are concerned about an EMP in the next 60 days are you know ab, you know infallible. They're, they don't have any inside divine revelation. but hey, if the experts are saying, hey, we're concerned about this, it's something to, that we should take seriously and so we want to do what we can to prepare. So give us those frequencies and the email one more time. Okay, the first one is 447.975
1: kilohertz. The second is 145.4900 kilohertz. The email is R. M is in Mary. E is in Edward. N is in Nancy. S is in Sam. A is in Adam. 57 at AOL.com. Now, there's no guarantee that I'm going to be able to get a hold of anybody if everything goes down and we run out of power, whatever. But what I would try to do is something does happen and we can use the um, ham radio. If you have a shortwave radio, you should be able to access those channels. Now, I will try broadcasting at 10 a.m. in the morning and 9 p.m. at night. Now I have battery backups, I have a generator and everything, so we would be able to go for a few days. Like the pastor said, we don't know if this is right or if it's wrong, but once we go through everything, I think you're going to get the idea that we are further along than most people understand. So continuing with that, uh, let's start off first with just the little stuff that happens during the week that's really quirky, really weird, no explanation for it yet, but there will be All right, yesterday we were notified that two and a half tons of uranium is missing from Libya. They don't know where it went. They don't know if somebody bought it, stole it, or whatever. Two and a half tons of uranium, I would think, would be easily tracked by any aircraft flying in the areas. So we'll follow that story to see where it leads. Um, San Francisco is deciding to pay their uh, qualifying Black people $5 million per person for reparations due to everything that's taken place over the years now they can't make a budget so i don't know where they're going to come up with that kind of money but that's what they're looking at
0: Uh, yeah they'll they'll come up with it from with from the same place that the government's coming up with the funds to bail out svb and some of these other uh, banks just you know print it out of thin air uh, and, and again, that right there should show any thinking person that this whole game is rigged. This is about, uh, and it's not about what it's about. It's about the Luciferian conspiracy to bring down America. So they're just playing games with us. They can just keep throwing fake money around until they get ready to push the button or pull the plug, as I said, Tuesday night. And, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, when you have an unlimited source, you can just, uh, you know, it's kind of like if you're playing Monopoly, and you you know you run out of monopoly money, you can run over to your copy machine or your printer and just copy it and and then and, and cut it out so that it's the right size and and you can just keep manufacturing it all you want. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's crazy what they're doing in San Francisco. I saw that. We also have our
1: president buying three hundred thousand smartphones for the uh, non citizens in the country at a price of three hundred sixty one thousand two hundred eighteen dollars a day which I don't know where they come with those funds, but I'm sure they have a place. Um, Border Patrol caused 50 people on the terror watch list between January of 22 and June of 22. And the Pentagon came out day before yesterday and says they believe there is a mothership of aliens off in the distance. So we can't see where all of the current UFOs are coming from. Now, I just about fell off my chair when they said that. I'm going, they think there's a mothership and we have all of these UFOs. And I'm going, something, some, they're drinking something strange in Washington, D.C. That's all I can say. <laughs> That's great. Moving on to our chatbot, GPT-3, which is now GPT-4. I think you're having your gentleman that is more of an expert than I on next week. And I'm looking forward to that. The biggest... Uh, innovation with is it will use text and it will use photos. It can interpret both. Still not totally reliable. It's steerable in that you can make it respond in a different voice if you want to. And the really scary thing is when I went into it, it predicts the crash happening this week. Now, how it would have any idea what's going on, I don't know. Somebody had to program that just, you know, as a prank. But it's just another thing that, um, you know, just kind of creeps people out.
0: Yeah. So let me clarify. So you're saying this uh, chat GPT, which, as you mentioned, I am going to have technology expert Shane back on next Monday. It'll actually probably not post until Tuesday or late Monday night. But we're going to talk about an update on open AI and chat GPT. But you're saying that they, uh, you know, issued a prompt and it it suggested that the uh, economic collapse was going to happen this week. Yes. Wow. That's amazing.
1: Now, well, that is amazing. It's kind
0: of like I want to see the
1: information they're feeding this thing to make it uh, say stuff like that because it makes no sense to me how it could come up with any kind of a suggestion like that. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. All right. Moving on to our friends, the Russians. As everybody knows, we had one of our um, drones intercepted and downed by the Russians. Um, Evidently, what happened, it was in the um, air defense identification zone with that transponder off, which is illegal. And the Russians picked it up on their radar and decided they were going to take it down because they're trying to get the message to Biden and to NATO. They've had enough. So the... Russian fighters approached, dumped gasoline or jet fuel on it, and I think nicked one of the propellers, and into the sea it went. Now, unfortunately, the Russian ships made it to the scene faster than we we did, and they are now trying to um, lift it from the ocean, so they can send it to the Iranians to have it um, examined and um, worked on, so they can have one just like (laughs) this. but... When you, hear, when you hear the stories initially, you've got to always take it with a grain of salt. I watched this drone. It's called Forte 10. I watch it every day going east and west all day long. But every once in a while, it disappears. Now, that's when they switch the transponder off. That's when they get closer to Crimea to get all of their information. And it comes back on, and you know that they went off transponder for a reason. Now, the thing is, they're going to start sending fighter jets with the drones. So if it happens again, we're going to get into a hot war now. Now, Lindsey Graham came out in the Senate floor and said, we need to start shooting Russian planes down. Now, this is a $30 million drone. It's valuable, but maybe we could stay in our own airspace or let that transponder on so these things don't happen. Uh, These guys are getting a little bellicose. They want a war for some reason really bad. And I think as we go on, everybody's going to see how the war and the economy are really intermeshed. And that's where things are going to be happening shortly. All right. The Ukrainians are losing up to a thousand soldiers a day in Bakhmut. There's only about eleven hundred of them left, but they are fighting tooth and nail to the very end. For some reasons we've talked before, Bakhmut is very, very important to them. They're going to go to the last man, the way it looks. They have rifle ammunition, but they, don't. they have no artillery. They have no uh, javelins. They have none of that left. So they are basically fighting in a primitive war. And that's too bad because they're going to lose. Um, but I think it's a distraction. Supposedly, the Ukrainians have lost 200,000 to 250,000 killed, and another 300,000 400,000 that have been casualties, wounded. And the Russians are up to about 60,000 dead, which is uh, 200,000 soldiers dead in a year is more than we lost in World War II in four years. Mm. It's a little less than that four years. So this must be uh truly amazing battle.
0: Yeah. And let yeah. me let me just uh, mention that, you know, going back to that Lindsey Graham quote, you know, people need to understand, as I've tried to uh, point out, that, that there's a fake right left paradigm. It's the Hegelian dialectic of trying to, you know, do controlled opposition. And so you you get this, gen you know, this general sense that the right is, uh, you know, pushing for war and much more aggressive and Uh, the left is the peaceniks and so forth. Uh, But Lindsey Graham's always been out front as a spokesman for pushing for, you know, hostile uh, military action. And I could tell you a lot more about Lindsey Graham, too, in terms of the role that he has played as a puppet of the Luciferian uh, elite, uh, including some personal uh, info. But uh, we'll just leave it at that. But the point is, you need to People need to be able to, to, as we talked about the opening, listen with a discerning ear and, just, and test the spirits and understand that all of those sound bites, like Lindsey Graham's, and he wasn't the only one. There were others out there saying, we got to go get those, you know, ruskies, and we got sh- to tell them a thing or two, and we got to teach them a lesson. That's all just part of, you know, engendering in, in and fomenting this attitude of war um i mentioned tuesday night that when you know that of course they have to bring down america and i documented how they began doing that you know around the turn of the 20th century but there's multiple ways they can do that it's not just going to be an economic collapse it could be you know many weapons in their arsenal one of which is some type of you know of war and to get america behind such a a war they're going to have to, you know, do some provocateuring and get get the, the mindset of the people drummed up. So just be aware when you hear uh, Ram, you know, I, I've, you know, l- known the truth about Lindsey Graham for almost two decades now. And so when I hear him speak, I just, in my mind, I picture, you know, horns and a tail and a pitchfork, but not everybody sees them, you know, sees some of these talking heads that way. So until you learn to, sort of categorize folks correctly, at least listen to what's being said and think about that. You know, Do we really want to start shooting down uh, every Russian plane that goes into our airspace? I mean, I understand we gotta defend ourselves, but think about the implications of that. And I think that's what, what you're saying, right, Randy? Yes, the thing is we
1: had a Chinese balloon in our airspace, we shot it down. It took a few days to figure out <laughs> we were gonna do that. But it's no different than when we have our drone in Russian airspace. It's a threat. They can't identify it. They don't know if it's loaded with something. So that makes sense. Now, Lindsey always kind of a hawk when it suits him. But they interviewed Trump, DeSantis, and a couple other people thinking about running for president that were Republican. All of them said, we do not want a war with Russia. Now, we evidently have some people that are thinking with a sound mind, but they're, they're not in government yet in a place to make a decision. But what he's saying worries me because we all have to understand how the war and the economy are intertwined. This last week, Mexico decided to go with the BRICS nations as far as developing another currency. That currency is supposed to be done by August. If the United States, because we basically are NATO, if we lose this war in the ukraine we will have no believability left in the world people believe they trust us now because we've always you know really puffed ourselves up but we've got a 32 trillion dollar debt our currency is worth nothing and if we fail to perform in a war zone like this People are going to go, hey, we got to go somewhere safe, where our money is safe, somewhere that can help us to defend our country. The United States of America will fall so fast it'll make our heads spin. spin." Now, the Russian uh, Shoigu, the um, general in charge of the army, and our uh, defense secretary had a phone call. And Shoigu basically said, no more. No more drones. No more provocative actions. And of course, we said, we're going to do what we want to do as long as we consider it legal. So you've you've got the egos there, the lack of information, and this is going to snowball quickly into a hot war if we're not careful. And a hot war which we cannot win. We don't have the materiel. The soldiers, uh, the 82nd Airborne, 101st Airborne are now putting brigades closer to the uh, Polish-Ukraine border. Putin said, if NATO troops enter Ukraine, he will wipe London off the map. That will be the first thing he does. And I would take it to, um, I will believe that we might be next on that. Hmm. Because he said, you let Crimea alone and you do not enter the Ukraine unless you want a full-blown war. So we know what the red lines are. But yet, the Ukrainians are planning a very large offensive against Crimea. They currently have almost 40,000 troops ready to invade. Now, I don't know what they're using for ammunition or anything else. I take it that they got some from us or NATO or whatever, and some manpower probably also. But if that attack takes place, then you know we're going to be in it that, that minute. It's just that simple. Hmm. So China is kind of hanging back. They're getting very bellicose. They're actually criticizing the United States, and we are doing the same back and forth. Usually, it's much more polite, much more subtle, but right now, they are at each other's throat, and something's going to happen there, whether it's economical, whether it's a supply chain they stop, or if it's going to be a hot war, but something will be happening there shortly. Now, the United States 7th Fleet is currently in the South China Sea. The 7th Fleet has between 60 and 70 ships there. Uh, Some are warships, some are tenders, some are supply ships, whatever. But we do not have the manpower to take on the Chinese Air Force, Navy, and Army. Our friend in North Korea keeps launching missiles at Japan and South Korea. Sooner or later, he's going to get lucky and hit something. Or he's going to detonate a uh, nuclear weapon for a test. And then I think um, things are tense enough, a war could start there also. Mm. Israel, Iran. Iran obviously has the bomb now. We're way over the 10 days. Uh, I don't know if they've received the ICBMs from Iran yet, or from Russia, or if the S 400 anti aircraft system has been moved in. But I would say the time for the United States and Israel to attack Iran is down to days. If it's not done in the next few days, they may as well forget it because they're not gonna be able to do it. Now, now we get to the interesting stuff. All right, I've been watching the financial stuff very closely here since last Friday. We've already had three, two banks, three banks fail, whatever. Uh, Credit Suisse, which uh, was the next one to go, received an infusion of $54 billion from the National Bank of Switzerland. The only problem is Credit Suisse is a $1.5 trillion bank. They've had major losses last year. They've had major losses this year. Right now, their stock is 18.44% up from yesterday. But that's after three days of double-digit falling. So right now, they are trading 196 million shares of their stock. Now, I would say somebody's in a free-for-all getting rid of that stock. And probably sending their funds elsewhere. Now, the bank that concerns me the most, an American bank, is First Republic. They are currently down 20.35% today. They were down 25% yesterday, 25% the day before that. They're looking for a buyer, but they're not having any luck. Their stock a year ago was $174.21. As of this morning, it's down to $17.53. So you know the run is on there and some bad things are going to be taking place there shortly. Now, the really interesting thing about the uh, Silicon Valley Bank, a week before they went down, their CEO and other directors took out nice bonuses and sold their stock. Well, I think that's really grand because I'm sure they had no idea anything was coming. They also had Israeli investors, which they warned that withdrew a billion dollars in assets from the bank the week before this happened. Now, Biden had said and Yellen had said no more bailouts. Well, the reason this bank and not Signature and Credit Suisse won't be bailed out by the United States either, a lot of Democratic donors and a lot of really rich people were invested there. They said, okay, we're going to bail you out. Now, the investors, shareholders are out of luck. They're not getting a dime. So, if the FDIC will not stop in to prevent this for any other banks, they can't afford to. The um, Silicon Valley Bank made a donation of $73.4 million to Black Lives Matter. They paid off the investors they liked the week before this all happened. And It's really interesting because Arizona Senator Mark Kelly came out and said, we need to censor the news and the social media so people do not know this is going on. Now, I think if we go back to the Nazis and the communists, this is what they do. This is not what we do. If you are running the banks and financial institutions correctly, this won't happen. But obviously, there's more of a cover up going on here than we know about. And I'm thinking we're going to have continuous banks going down every week until it's to the point where it's too far
0: and and yeah. let's let's be sure we also clarify we don't want to get sucked into the the false notion that somehow this is a, a right left thing like only progressive liberals are doing this and these banks are failing yes. because of the you know their wokeness and all that no no that that's just what the luciferian elite are trying to promote through the mainstream media to to further divide this country and further you know pit one the right against the left there's no question that you know wokeness and the progressive ideology and so forth is is, is say and it's wrong and it's not biblical uh, but that's not what this is about this is about something much much bigger and they're uh you know they're simply trying to and I, and you may get to this so I don't want to you know uh, you know get ahead of myself here but I think it's it's about them ultimately trying to destroy all of the smaller regional banks and funnel everybody into the larger globalist banks
1: well and that was the next thing on topic you are exactly right. As you mentioned in your message the other night, 20% of the car loans are $1,000 or more a month. Now, that just blows my mind that it's actually that expensive, and most car loans are taken out for six or seven years. So you're probably paying twice to three times what that car is worth. Now, the biggest problem with the car loans, if they were all being paid, that would be great. But 39% of those loans are one payment or more behind, you know, if you've got a thousand dollar a month car payment, how are you going to possibly catch that up? Especially if you go two or three months, uh, 60% of the households in America cannot come up with a thousand dollars for an emergency that arises without borrowing money. Mm-hmm. Now we've talked about getting out of cat or getting the cash out of the banks, which every economist Every financial planner I've listened to this week says, dump it now. They're saying what you need to do is keep enough in the bank to pay your bills, have a little extra for gas, groceries, or whatever, but invest in something like a real asset, whether it's metals, whether it's real estate, whatever. Buy something that's tangible, like you've said many times. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. And that is a fact. The problem is, I don't know, most people have gotten that message yet, but they need to get it shortly because I looked last night at the Defense Production Act of 1950 and Mr. Biden's executive order, I think it was 10476 of last spring. Basically, it is now set up that the banks, the federal government, can Take your money, get into the digital currency, and they're going to own it. They're going to control it. The Defense Production Act will allow for conscription of the American populace for a war if we're running out of personnel. And we will because we're 25% under recruitment goals. If we get in a hot war, they will announce the next day or two, hey, we'd like you all come and join. (laughs) And just to show you how serious this is, I have relatives still in the Ukraine. They were at a restaurant in Odessa. The Ukrainian army pulled up in their very large troop carriers came in and anybody that was between 15 and 60, they took out at gunpoint and they are now in the army. Hmm. They didn't ask them what their name was. They didn't care who they were with. They were 15 to 60. They were in the truck and they left. Hmm. So. Don't say it can't happen in America. Anything can happen given the right circumstances. And with the economy going down, with the um, wars going on, we're in trouble. Now, back to the big banks absorbing the small banks. I've talked to a couple of small banks in the last week. They have not had any CBDC training. And when I asked them why, they said, well, we just weren't special. Well, I take it to mean that basically the small banks are going to be absorbed by the regional banks. Regional banks will be absorbed by the larger banks. Now, Citicorp, Wells Fargo, uh, let's see, who else? Bank Bank of America and J.P. Morgan are the four largest banks, with J.P. Morgan being the largest bank in the world. Between them, they have $8.4 trillion in assets. They are huge. Um, Bank of America, since the first of the week, had, research, had received yesterday $15 billion in deposits from people in smaller banks. So the run is on. People are panicking when I look over here and I see how many shares are being traded for First Republic. And for Credit Suisse and a lot of the other smaller banks, the run's going on. They're not going to tell us about that, but it is going on. Now, here's the problem. The big banks, if there's four big banks, instead of 4,236 banks total, the U.S. government would be able to absorb them into the digital currency very easily. They've all had their training. They've all had their marching orders that could be switched into a digital currency within a day or two. So some Friday afternoon, if you can't get your money out, understand that could be very well what's going on because it's coming, it's just a matter of when. Now the little banks are nervous because they don't have that many deposits on hand. Most of them do not keep $5,000 in the bank. If you want more cash, they have to order it from the treasury department. And that's taking one to two weeks to get, so we need we need to watch very closely because the first republic goes down, then somebody like Zions go down. These these are the regional banks, and they're under a lot of pressure. And I'm afraid it's not going to be too long until they're actually. Okay. No longer.
0: Yeah, I was watching last night, uh, late night, just kind of channel surfing, and watched uh, one of the you know major networks uh, had a group of five talking heads on there talking about this crisis, and you know of course they're just reading a script. I recognize that, but they were saying, look, we don't really know where this is heading. We you know we're going to have to take it a day at a time. We will have to wake up tomorrow morning and and kind of see. And and honestly. To some extent, I think they're being honest. These talking heads are, you know, in the dark. they', they don't, they're not privy to the ultimate agenda that the Luciferians are using to try to bring down America. So uh, they're kind of doing some guesswork as well. But most of the time, they're just parroting what they're told to say. But I think there's a lot of uncertainty right now about whether this, uh, as I said Tuesday night, whether this becomes, um, you know, something that we dig out of like we did after 2008. Or whether this is really the beginning of of the end uh, in terms of American sovereignty and our our you know self sustaining uh, economy, well, time will tell.
1: Well, and when you look at the BRICS nation, they want a completely different currency. So, considering the nations that are involved in that, how is the United States going to survive with all the money going into the BRICS currency instead of into the American Reserve? I mean it's a house of cards. I think it's over. It's going down. But like you said, it could be a while. There could be a pause. Who knows? But what I really worry about is 85% of the investable money in the United States is provided by insurance companies. Last year or the year before, whenever the last records were available, they put $8.1 trillion into the banks in bonds cash, mortgages, etc. Now, when the insurance companies, you have to understand they operate on a profit margin of about 4.1%. So every $100 it's paid to an insurance company They make about four bucks. That's after expenses. That's after any kind of catastrophes, claims, everything else. Now, I've been watching the insurance companies and some of the major ones are losing three to 5% a day. Now, if that continues, they're they're gonna be in the red. They will not have any liquidity. They will not have the assets they need to pay for an earthquake, a hurricane, et cetera. If the insurance companies start failing, the only thing that basically insures them is the state guarantee fund each state has set up. Those, if they have a few million dollars, you're gonna be lucky. Some of these companies are 50 billion, 70 billion in size, not to mention the 2 million employees employed by them. So if the stress from the banks goes down to the insurance companies and they start going belly up, understand what will happen. There will be no insurance for ships to move in the ocean or anywhere else. Planes will be uninsured. Truckers will be uninsured. We will be uninsured. There will be no commerce, and the food chain, medication, fuel, all of those supply lines will stop that day. Mm. Now, the American grocery stores have three days worth of food in the store. So all you need is a disruption for seven to ten days, and um, you're going to have rioting in the
0: streets. Yeah, and we've seen that before, haven't we? We've seen that with um, yes. other natural disasters again whether you know real or fabricated uh and uh so yeah i think people need to once again heed the warning of scripture proverbs 223 3 prepare uh for the trouble that is coming continue to trust the lord it is not a lack of faith to do what the bible says you know i, I always laugh at people who say well i'm just going to trust god you know jesus will take care of me and and i don't need to prepare you guys are way overreacting well okay if you think that not doing what the bible says is evidence of faith. Well, then you're reading a different Bible than I am. But uh, trusting God and preparing are not mutually exclusive. They're both taught in Scripture. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverances of the Lord. But you still have to prepare the horse for the day of battle. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, you know this is uh, you know this is really really uh, a tenuous situation, and it's not just the economy, but the other things that you've talked about the the warfare, the uh, just the uh, unrest the uh the moral degradation uh I saw you know Senator Rand Paul walked out of a uh, subcommittee meeting uh, because the uh, Democrats uh on that Senate committee who who control the committees uh because they have a slight majority uh were not you know were, we're changing the rules and and so forth and you know again I'm not a big Rand Paul fan uh nor am I Ron DeSantis uh or Rand, Rand Paul or Ron DeSantis either one the governor of florida even though they're kind of the darlings of the conservatives right now i agree with a lot of what they say it resonates with me and i say a hearty amen and i love to see that kind of wrangling going on but in reality uh i have grave concerns about you know you know about all of it and whether they can really make a difference but uh, yeah just uh, as we get ready to wrap up here any other closing urgent uh things that you wanted to uh throw out there until we talk again
1: well One thing that the good Lord has been pushing really hard, I wrote this down, and I'm going to say it pretty much as I got it. Okay, we as Americans and Christians are at a precipice. We're facing an evil and darkness such as the world has never known. There are those that stand on a wall to watch and listen. And to warn us of what is coming. We're not going to go silently into the night. We're not going to go down without a fight. But we're going to face these challenges together, shoulder to shoulder, with our heads held high. Some of us will fall. But before you hit the ground, Jesus will be there to meet you. Mm. Mm. We not... may lose the battle, but we will not lose the war. Keep your eye on the prize. Know that our time is probably short, but take heed, because we
0: soon get to go home. Mm. Maranatha. Amen. And uh, boy, you know, folks, uh, when you when you immerse yourself in this subject matter and you, you talk to as many sources as Randy does and you try to collate the data, it is very heavy. I've experienced it myself, you know, writing uh, books, uh, even going back to The Great Last Day's Deception in 2012, and of course, The Spirit of the Antichrist books. There were times when I, especially dealing with chapter 13 of mm-hmm. volume two, I had to just set it aside because it is so heavy, so overwhelming, so burdensome. And, uh, you know, you can kind of see, you can't see Randy, we record this by video so that we can kind of see each other and indicate when we want to chime in. And, but, uh, you know, he was pretty emotional as we think about uh, the days in which we live and all that's happening. and, And it's just, it takes its toll. And so, uh, when we close out here in a moment, I want to lift up my brother Randy, and I just want to, you know, remind you of the passage that he alluded to here, uh, and that's from Ezekiel thirty-three verse six. If the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and take any person takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. And I got to tell you. Um, there will be no blood on Randy's hands because he is doing yeoman's work and boldly uh, sounding the alarm and, and putting the information out there, and that's what we're trying to do at NBW Ministries. Uh, certainly not perfect. We don't have a crystal ball by any stretch, but I think you'd have to really be completely blinded and not awake, as Paul warns in First Thessalonians 5, 6, to, to, to not see what's happening. And uh, so thank you Randy for uh, for all that you're doing for your heart. And uh, you know, one of these days, um, you know these kinds of things are uh, are going to happen, and it uh, could be very soon. I mean we know they're going to happen if you believe the Bible. Uh, so you know I, I know uh each week we 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 tend to just look at the news events and world events and say, boy, it's getting closer, it's getting closer, but it's getting closer. and uh, boy, uh, we want to lift up. Uh, folks, and and especially if you're listening to this program, I know this is this uh, our podcast are getting much much more uh, broader reach a broader reach each you know week that goes by, and so we know there are unbelievers that listen to it. People send it to their friends and relatives and family and so forth. If you're listening to this. And you don't know Jesus, you need to come to faith. You you absolutely do. There's only one way a person can be saved, and that's by faith alone in Christ alone. He died as your personal substitute, paying your penalty for sins, even though he 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 never sinned. He didn't he didn't owe a debt. He paid a debt he never owed because you owed a debt you could never pay. And so, in simple childlike faith, today I implore you to place your faith. In the only one who can forgive sin and give you the gift of eternal life, uh, so let me pray for uh, Randy and for all of us, and then we'll uh, close out for this podcast. Father, I do lift up Randy. I thank you for his heart. Thank you for uh, just all that uh, he does in 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 really uh, surveying the landscape and 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 studying so many different sources. And I'm sure he hears you know, exponentially more than whatever gets put out over the, the airwaves. And so, Lord, we just lift him up, encourage him, strengthen him, give him special blessings even today as he uh, continues to be a watchman on the wall. And well, we do pray for those uh, in our audience that are listening. I pray that you give us wisdom and discernment. As uh, First John tells us, help us to test the spirits and to recognize those antichrists that are all around us. And uh, we pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, brother. And uh, we will stay in close contact. And uh, And then uh, Wendy and I are headed out uh, today. We've got a funeral out of town that I've been asked to do, and so we're going to be going to do that. But we'll be in touch. And uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening. We will have Randy back on again next week. We never know for sure the day because of his schedule and mine, but uh, Lord willing, if the Lord doesn't come back before then, we will have him on again next week. And as we've said before, uh, if anything major happens that justifies uh, a special uh, you know, broadcast, we'll come on sooner than uh, next week. We can come on at any time and kind of give you our thoughts. But anyway, God bless you, Randy. God bless you, everyone. And we will see you next time.